state a city or you cream or you cream a multitude of people i mean it's just like like you put all the offensive players in one bag and i just take a baseball bat and beat on the bag so each time he came over there i tried to tear his damn head off let's play some football let's play some football the pressure is on this is off the edge on tide 100.9 focus on what you want to do what you want to accomplish Think about that. Screaming live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the Tide 100.9 app. Here is your host of Off the Edge, Jacob Harrison. Hello there. Good morning. Welcome in to Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama. Crimson Tide Sports, Jacob Harrison here with you, digital managing editor of Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Mason Woods across the glass helping me out this morning. Where I want to start today is kind of the right opposite side of where I started yesterday. If I'm going to spend an entire segment talking about a quarterback that is not here, then I think it is... Uh, the right thing to do to talk about the quarterback that is here. Because I do <clears throat> I do understand partially the argument that some Alabama fans are trying to create, and that's by being in favor of the guys that are here, right? My argument yesterday simply was you should want all the talent, right? There's it, no reason to not want the number one guy. 
However, when that number one guy does de- decide to go to somewhere else, and he did, and you've already got a guy that you feel rather confident in, take the guy you got. There's no sense in continuing to harp on Arch Manning. Uh, we will ask AJ about it simply to get his thoughts. Uh, but at the end of the day, Eli Holstein is the number four quarterback on this team as a verbal commit in the 2023 class. And I got to say, my love for Arch Manning does not insinuate hate for Eli Holstein. It does not mean that I don't want this guy. It meant that a little bit for Ty Simpson in the past, and I said yesterday that it was wrong of me. And and since A-Day, I've been nothing but supportive of the guy because, honestly, his skills translate. And sometimes you got to see it. And that's, that's kind of the, what the situation was. I'm excited about Ty Simpson's future here. Uh, I'm excited about Jalen Milrow's future here. And I'm also excited <clears throat> about Eli Holstein. And you should be too. And it's not just because of his skill set. Because don't get me wrong. This dude's got the skills. He wouldn't be offered by Alabama if he didn't. This is one of those situations where a guy is not getting his just due in his ratings just yet. Because make no mistake, a guy that leads his team to an undefeated record and a 5'8 state champion championship with 3,228 yards and 30 touchdowns plus 14 more touchdowns on the ground and 500 rushing yards, that guy's got skill. But maybe he came out of nowhere, right? After all, he is playing in the same state as the number one guy. Most people in that state are going to go see Arch Manning. Maybe Alabama got the guy that nobody is is talking about enough. I think it's possible. This kid runs a 4640. Let's go. 64 222 pounds. He's got it all. It's not going to be long before he is a five-star. But what I want to talk about is a quote that he had come out earlier in the week. And you can read about it on Tide109.com. He says, quote, heading out to the Elite 11 Finals, he says, quote, I'm not out there to make friends. I'm out there to compete, step on their necks, and make sure I win the Elite 11 MVP and show the country what I can do. He goes on to say, I really am an Alabama caliber player. Just being able to go out there and compete against the best guys in the country, showing what I can still do, still feel like I'm a little underrated. I still keep that chip on my shoulder. You know who Eli Holstein is reminding me of right now? Tom Brady. That mentality. Tom Brady had a chip on his shoulder still has a chip on his shoulder, but had a chip on his shoulder despite being the guy in Michigan, right? Now, being the guy wasn't quite what it exactly was, but he was the starting quarterback for uh, the bulk of the battle that he had to go through in Michigan. But being that guy 
wasn't enough. Being in the NFL wasn't enough. Being the greatest of all time has not been enough for Tom Brady. It's all about what's coming next. And that's the sound I get out of Eli Holstein and talking about how he wants to take out these other guys. Now, listen, being the Elite 11 MVP, not all it's chopped up to be, okay? Brody Croyle won the 2000 Elite 11 MVP. Blake Barnett won the 2014 Elite 11 MVP. Now, this one's completely different. One of these is not like the other. Tua Tungavailoa won the Elite 11 MVP in 2016. And let's, you know, Star Jackson was at the Elite 11 Finals, you know. Now, you can go back, A.J. McCarron, Jameis Winston, and Bryce Young, they were all there. Obviously, Jameis not being one guy that, that came here, but he is at least from Alabama. There is no correlation between success at the Elite 11 and success in college or success in the NFL, okay? It's just not. You, you've got to have a certain type of mentality and it carry through. What I'm saying is, at least based off of his words, and based off of his athleticism, what he has already shown at the Elite 11, what he did at the regional in Las Vegas, that should be enough to kind of say, I have confidence in this kid heading into the future. Posting a, a 133.56 quarterback rating. I mean, his class comparison. Uh, you can, this coming from a tweet from Elite 11 uh, in early May. Him having that rating is actually pretty insane. Justin Fields put up 120. Marcus Mariota, 101. Zach Wilson, 101. Tua Tungavailoa, 95. Trevor Lawrence, 90. Mac Jones, 84. Lamar Jackson, 83. Jalen Hurts, 82. Quarterbacks drafted in the last eight years have posted 84, an average of 84.5. Elite 11 finalists have posted an average of 88.6. I mean... I'm reading this correctly, am I not? This is insanity to be able to put up these kind of numbers at the Elite 11. Upper echelon of all-time scores. There's something to feel confident in when it comes to Eli Holstein. So, yes, I... There are portions of the argument that I agree with with Bama fans when it comes to the 2023 recruiting class and its quarterbacks as it pertains to the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's time to be done with Arch Manning. It's time to be done with the the, the thought of him wearing crimson. It's, do, it's time to be done with concerning ourselves with his decision. And it's time to acknowledge... Eli Holstein as something special and a guy whose ratings are going to continue to go up being a four-star prospect and the number eight quarterback in the 2023 class. I don't think those are ratings that will stay for him. 
if he wins this Elite 11 MVP, and there's a very strong chance that he will, based off of those ratings alone, there's something special to be had there where he climbs up into that top five and gets a five-star rating himself, and people start to acknowledge that this guy knows what he is doing. We are going to talk with AJ Spur in a little bit, but since we got some callers in, let's go ahead and talk to him. Alf, what's going on, buddy? Man, you are you talking my you're talking my talk right now. <laughs> uh, do, you, do you think uh, Coach Saban is at a bar, you know, drinking beer and, and crying into his beer that he didn't get Manning? No, not at all. This, well, no. I mean, he got ahead of the game anyway. He got Holstein before Arch even committed. Sure, it could have been a backup plan, but it's a backup plan that you feel confident in being plan A anyway. Man, I'll take it. I'll take that kid with a chip on his shoulder rather than the guy with the gold spoon. I mean, that's that's getting back to the old, old school saving kind of stuff, you know. And yeah. uh, I have said from the beginning before Arch committed, I said on your show, I believe that uh, I don't, I don't want Arch Manning because of all the stuff that comes with him. You, I mean, you remember it was his uncle that said he's not going to go play in San Diego. Remember, or the Giants, I, I don't remember which one it was. Which one did Eli say he wasn't going to play for? He wasn't going to play in San Diego. Yeah, that's it. And so, you know, he went to the Giants. Uh, that, you know, when you get a Manning, they're top-quality folks, but a lot of drama comes with them, and that is not saving cup of tea. And, you know, he'll take somebody that's, that's uh, really interested, hungry, and ready to win over, uh, you know, uh, a, a five-star golden gold spoon in his mouth. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think we're going to have this conversation in four years, and we're going to see Holstein's a, a stud and is doing big things. I think, well, this is where I have to defend Arch, is I don't think that golden spoon thing applies to him publicly just yet. I mean, we're talking about a dude that, despite being, you know, the, the leader of Gen Z as far as popularity goes, he's made one tweet, right? He He's been pretty quiet. He's had a pretty normal recruiting space where he's been fairly quiet on everything, been private, making his own decisions, not allowing the, you know, his, his uncles and his, his grandfather to have influence on where he goes. He decided to go somewhere away from where they went. He's been quiet. And that, and that's what kind of draws me to him much more than simply just his last name. He's got the, the talent, the ability, and he's, capable of not letting it all go to his head right but if his last name's not manning we're not having a duck over him like the, the i think we are I, I well think, maybe not that, got that much talent. he's got that much talent he like i said he, he was probably born with four stars and just earned the rest of them but you don't get a perfect rating from 247 sports just because your last name is manning you know, like like yeah. I said, he he he's got a, a family member whose last name is Manning on his roster, who plays on his offensive line, but isn't big enough to do it, so nobody knows who he is. You know, it, it, it he's not being handed the world. I don't think, in in a sense, based off of the the criteria, you know that that it's that it's being thought of. Whereas right. Eli Holstein is going out and he is taking it, and there's there's something admirable about that all the same. I'd be happy with either guy, but I do I like love, the attitude that Holstein has. You know, you think about Coach Saban in the last two or three years, he's had, uh, you know, Coach Bryant's grandson. He's had Jay Barker's son on the on the roster, and he didn't give them any, you know, they didn't go jump uh, up in front of all the other quarterbacks just because of their last name. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I would, I would appreciate the way Coach Saban would handle Manning, but I think we got a stud in this whole season. I do too. I do too. Yeah. The future right, is bright at quarterback man. for this team. All right, brother. Take it easy. All right, Corey, what's going on, man? Uh, real quick before we get to AJ. Hey, Jacob, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing all right, man. It's been a while since I talked to you, and uh, a couple of things I want to mention with you. Uh, first of all, uh, excited about Eli Holstein coming into Alabama. Uh, I think the future's right after Bryce Young. Uh, I know we got Jalen Milrow and um, what was the, what was the Ty guy? Ty Simpson. Behind it? Yes, Ty Simpson. uh Got got future Brady quarterback, uh, so I think we're in real good hands. Uh, so uh, whenever Bright when Bryce Young steps into the NFL, uh, we'll be we'll be real good with uh, that. But uh, uh, what are your thoughts of Eli Holstein as far as talent wise? Uh, you, you think he's he can live up to what his potential is? Listen, I I was. I was reading it off earlier. If he's at the Elite 11 Regionals posting a 133.5 athletic score, and that trumps Justin Fields, Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson, Tua Tungavailoa, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts, they don't, like, it's, if they're not handing stuff out to Arch, they sure as hell ain't handing out stuff to Eli Holstein. He's going out there and he's ripping it. I mean, like I said, 44 touchdowns on an undefeated season to a 5A state title. We, we've mentioned this before, right, with uh, with guys like Amari Nyblack and Kobe Prentice in last year's class where those guys were not really well known of until they came to a camp. Nick Saban was impressed and he got them, and then they shot up to like four and five stars. That's what Nick Saban does better than anybody else. It's easy to take the guy that everybody already likes and everybody already loves. It's easy for Saban to go get those guys. What Saban does really, really well and always has, has been able to weed out which of those players are worth taking, those upper echelons that everybody likes, but even more so is getting the guys that nobody's thinking about and talking about. So when he's in Louisiana looking at Arch and he hears about this Holstein kid and he goes out and sees him and he's impressed enough, Saban's not offering him if he's not good enough to play, right? We... The, the world ha made up assumptions about Mac Jones, and they were utterly wrong. If anybody wants to make those same assumptions about Eli Holstein, they'd be, they'd be very much in trouble to, to expect him not to be anything less than elite as he moves forward. This dude wants to win the Elite 11 MVP. That's half the battle, is, is having the confidence to know that you can and wanting it. Going forward, uh, what are your thoughts on Pittsburgh this season? I know... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we, well, I, I, know, I know I'm switching subjects here, but I'm just saying that uh, you think we can get ourselves out of the cellar of the uh, our division because uh, I know I know it's a rebuild year, but do we just take our wins when we can get them? Because I know we got a rookie quarterback and well, I don't think back. I don't think Pickett's going to start. I, I think I think Trubisky's going to start, and I think that is a team that is good enough to at least get to 500. And I know you can't finish 500 anymore, but being in that range of uh, nine and seven, uh, well, you can't finish nine and seven anymore. What, what's the what's the range for five hundred now? It's uh, it's like I can't do math. Never do math live, Corey. That, that that's that's the goal here. You're looking at nine and eight. You know, you yeah. can go ten and seven. Now it's right yeah. in there. You know, you can go nine and eight, eight or eight, eight nine. Eight, nine. Yeah, that that those are the numbers I'm trying to think of. Uh, somewhere in that area is where they're going to be because the defense is elite. 
the offense is going to go through Najee Harris as long as he stays healthy. They'll they'll have a productive offense, <laughs> and, and you know, you have to kind of see where things go from there. But I don't think Pickett will start. I think it'll be Trubisky, and I think that's a team that that's at least good enough to hover around 500, but they won't make any noise in the playoffs or anything like that. But I don't think they're going to be picking in the top five either. It's, but, I think, but I think you want to see what Kenny Pickett can do. I mean, when you give him opportunities, and of course, like you said, this defense will be really good. And of course, I know you and I are real happy about making Fitzpatrick in his deal. But, oh, yeah. you know, I don't know if, I don't know if you, you may disagree with this, but Colin Coward was saying that, well, it's great to have all these defensive players with all this uh, all the defense, you have to go in the direction of, of the NFL and college where offense is where it is and where you have to be able to score points, and that's been the problem for Pittsburgh is scoring. And well, they're, I'll they're, tell you this. Like, if Kenny Pickett is the guy, then Pittsburgh nailed the formula for winning Super Bowls in the modern era because they've got the defense, they've got quality skill players, their biggest questions right now are at quarterback and offensive line. You, know, you look at the teams since the Seahawks created the formula that have won the Super Bowl. It outside of the Rams last year and when Tom Brady's won it, you know that that's what you've seen. You've seen young quarterbacks on rookie contracts, great defenses, and good skill players. So if Kenny Pickett's the guy, then Pittsburgh's all right. If Kenny Pickett's not the guy, then they're going to be set back for a really long time. I got to get to AJ Spur, Corey. I appreciate it, buddy. Good talk to you, Jacob. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. We'll talk with AJ Spur of Roll Tide Wire next here on Off the Edge. Tide, 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. 365 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. My character was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama... Thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Very humid. The sky partially sunny this afternoon. Scattered showers and storms. A possibility through the evening hours. Behind today, 87. Tonight's low 70. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms. The high 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We aren't going anywhere. Off the Edge is available in the Podcast Center on Tide100.9.com. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Miami. Uh, uh, South Beach, bringing the heat. Uh, <laughs> can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that? Jig it out. Uh, Back here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Jacob Harrison hanging out with you. Mesa Woods behind the glass, and it's that time on a Tuesday where we jump out to the hotline and we welcome in our good friend, AJ Spur, the site editor of Roll Tide Wire, the USA Today affiliate of the Alabama Crimson Tide at Spur FM on the Twitter account. AJ, what's going on, man? Jacob, I can't get the image out of my head of one of your last callers, Nick Saban at the bar, leaning over, crying into his beard. <laughs> that that image that was so descriptive that it, it I, like I feel like I should go get a canvas and some paint and and get to work because that is just emblazoned in my mind. And you know, if if Nick Saban is at a bar, bent over a bar crying into a beer somewhere behind him in that photo is Lane Kiffin and a bunch of Ole Miss fans taking jello shots <laughs> and somewhere in the corner is Jimbo Fisher pointing and laughing or something with, with, with bags of money next to him right it, o- opening up a door with a skeleton hanging in it right <laughs> this might be a new NFT project we need to work on there we go actually. that's how that's how we get ahead of the future right there <laughs> that's the future of NFTs AJ, where we are going to start is with Arch Manning simply because we have not been able to get your reaction to his commitment to Texas. So that alone, Arch Manning, his commitment to Texas, what is your reaction? It, it almost seems, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But looking back now, it's almost one of those situations where, you know, how did we not see this coming? Yeah, uh, And it really hit me afterward. I don't know if it was a family member or if it was just somebody random. There was a video of a young Arch Manning uh, wearing, you know, a, a University of Texas Longhorns shirt. And he's very soft-spoken in the video. And all he says is, you know, I want to be a Longhorn or I want to go to Texas or something along those lines. And it, it seems like from that, I, I interpreted that to mean, no one else had a shot this entire time. He knew, you know, growing up, this is what he wanted to do. And also, if you just think about the direction Texas is heading in, whether you want to say they're back or not, or whether they're trending in the direction of being back or not, he has the opportunity to go there as one of the biggest stars that they've brought in in, in a little while. Obviously, they got transfer uh, quarterback Quinn Ewers, or Ewers, I don't know how you pronounce it. Ewers. But, you know, he, he could be the big fish in a massive brand that has just turned into a little pond uh, for the, for the past couple of years. Whereas at Alabama, he would be just another, you know, five-star prospect. He would be another, you know, big time name to come through, probably win a championship, 
and find his way into the NFL. I think at Texas, he sees an opportunity to create a lasting legacy for himself in Austin. And uh, if he can be the one to bring them back and, you know, I mean, even just get him to a college football playoff appearance, you know, he might just be that guy. Um, so I, I think that there were some other things that, that played into it. It's not just development. It's not just the coaching staff or the, the best fit. I, I think he sees, you know, a, a legacy similar to that of his uncles, you know, and grandfather at their respective schools. He could do that effectively. Yeah, there's something to be said about the, the the honor and the pride that comes with wanting to create a legacy somewhere that, that needs it rather than just being another guy. And I know that's not something Alabama fans want to hear. And there's a lot of guys that come to Alabama with the intent of prolonging that legacy. Like that's Will Anderson when he talks about the Bama, San, uh, the Bama standard. And that's there's there's a good amount of honor and pride in that as well. But, I mean, when we all play NCAA 14 or whatever, you know, when the new <laughs> one comes out, what do we all do? We go to small schools and build them up, right? So it's there's an understanding there that I, I think I can uh, I can get behind. And I'm going to be a fan of his anyway, and I know a lot of people will too. But this is a guy that knows he's going to be the first overall pick when, when, it's, when his time comes. So he's got to he's got to create his own path, his own way. And maybe that there in lines some of the selfishness that Bama fans are talking about, but I still think there's something really special there. No, absolutely. And a lot of people are, are talking about Arch Manning the same way a lot of people talked about, um, you know, Spencer Rattler coming out of high school. And who who was the one who went to Ohio State? Something Tate. What was his first name? Oh, Tate Martell. Tate Martell. Tate Martell. Tate Martell, uh, you know, these are guys that coming out of high school, obviously QB1, the show had a factor in it, but these are guys that when coming out of high school and going into college, everyone expected them to be not just stars within their program, but national stars that had, you know, first overall pick or early first round NFL draft written all over them. And now what do we see? Tate Martell is out of the game completely after transferring to four different universities. And Spencer Rattler went from, presumed number one overall pick in this past draft and the Heisman favorite to now playing under Shane Beamer in uh, in South Carolina. So, you know, those two, though, had, you know, attitudes. And I don't say that negatively. I say that with they carried themselves a different way. They knew what they were in terms of, you know, playing abilities and their star power. Arch Manning grew up with that. So it seems like he was, you know, either used to it when he got to this point. He was trained by his family to, you know, get used to being in the spotlight and just carry yourself like anyone else would absent the spotlight. But, you know, you cannot point to anything behavioral or off the field with Arch Manning and say, that's why I don't want him. You know, you, you could talk about his game. Maybe you're not a fan of how he plays, which I don't see any valid reason as to why that would be the case. But the only thing you can knock Arch for subjectively would be his play. Because off the field, the kid has given nobody any reason to not like him. That or, that, that or you're trying to pin the sins of the father on him. And really then it's the sins of the uncles, you know. And, and even then, you're, I feel like you're really grasping at straws. You were hurt by Peyton, you know, in the 90s. I get that. You're annoyed by what Eli pulled at the draft. But... 
moving on the, the the whole the whole nature of the show today is is moving on and focusing on the guy that is the number four quarterback in the 2023 roster or, or excuse me the the number four guy for Alabama long term uh, on the roster and that's Eli Holstein who is um, a four star quarterback number eight in the country but he is looking to dominate the elite 11 finals says, quote, I'm not out here to make friends. I'm out there to compete, step on their necks, and make sure I win the Elite 11 MVP, show the country what I can do. And he already kind of did that a little bit at the regionals by posting uh, his his rating at the Elite 11 was 133.5, which trumps – it's 13 points higher than Justin Fields. And and it's even more so higher than Marcus Mariota, Zach Wilson, Tua Tungavailoa, Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Lamar Jackson, and Jalen Hurts. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. He is a massive deal. <laughs> he should be much more of a deal. If you're pulling that off and you've got the onions to say, I'm going to step on their necks at the Elite 11, I like the kid. I'm ready to see him in Crimson too. <laughs> well, first of all, let me just say, you know, Joe, I don't know if Joe's there or if he's listening. Numbers don't mean anything. Justin Fields could, you know, in, in a different universe, have a higher rating than Eli Holstein. That's okay. <laughs> that in this universe we're living in right now, Eli Holstein scored a lot better than Justin Fields. That being said, how could you not be excited to see Holstein? It's just a matter of when are we going to see him? I mean, I, I think it was Corey or whoever was on before Corey talked about, you know, Bryce Young's going to the NFL after this season unless he has a Spencer Rattler-level implosion. Um, which probably isn't going to happen. I don't know if you can hear Mason Woods knocking on wood back there, but he was. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the same. Here. We'll all do it. <laughs> you know, I'm a big I'm a big Jalen Milrow fan. Not to say that I don't like Ty Simpson because he's also a great quarterback. Just from what I saw at this past a day, I am all in on Jalen Milrow at this point. So Bryce Young's gone. Jalen Milrow steps up to the plate. He's still going to have one more season. After that, to um, declare for the NFL draft, if I'm not no, he, no, he he could go one and done. Oh, he could. Okay, yeah. You see, you said it yourself. Don't do math on the air. Yeah. That's <laughs> that, that I tried, I tried, and I failed. Uh, but the thing is, we're going to get to a point, Jacob, where we have so much talent on this Alabama roster. If you're the coaching staff, you got to understand somebody is probably going to leave. Yeah, you know. And you don't want that to be Holstein. You got to make a decision at some point between the future recruiting classes at the quarterback position, likely Ty Simpson. You know, uh, what do you do? There's got to be some sort of plan put into place this season while Bryce Young is still here and there's order within the QB room for the future where we're probably going to see another, you know, Jalen V. Tua-esque quarterback battle heading into the 2023 season, and who knows what's going to happen beyond then, that in 2024. And I know I'm, I'm looking way too far into the future for a lot of people's liking, but if we're talking Eli Holstein and how dominant he's being now before getting to Alabama, and he's having that you know Nick Saban mentality of, I'm just here to win football games. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to just do what I do best and that's throw the ball and win games. Um, you you got you to gotta wonder, what's this team going to look like 
at the quarterback position in a year or two years. Yeah, it's real easy to play, again, NCAA 14 commissioner and say, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I've got Bryce this year, Jalen next year, Ty Simpson the year after that, and then Eli Holstein. And they can all just be one and dones for the next four years. That is a really hard thing to hang on to, right? I, like, I, I, again, I like Ty Simpson. I have a hard time, honestly, seeing him being that patient. I hope he is. I wouldn't be shocked if he is. But it is kind of hard to see just because of today's college football. And can Eli Holstein do the same? That waiting for two years thing can be really hard on a guy if he thinks he's ready to go. And not for nothing, Jalen Milrow came in knowing he needed a lot of work, and he's put in that work. And that's why folks are so excited to see him next year as the starting quarterback. But even then, still, like, it's not a guarantee that Ty Simpson can't beat out Jalen Milrow, right? It's not a guarantee that Eli Holstein can't come in here and beat them both out, right? It's going to be an open competition next year. So it, it you it's hard to put your ducks in a row when it comes to the future of this quarterback position. And the fact that you're, you've got such a small room, Alabama's had to deal with so many transfers, Paul Tyson, Talia, and it's hard to feel confident in that room staying cohesive in the age of the transfer portal. You look at other programs like Texas, they've got six or seven quarterbacks. Alabama does not have that luxury. No, and, and you know, you mentioned Talia, Paul Tyson, and I think it's important to look into recent history to see how that could impact the future, the the near future, either negatively or positively, you talk about Paul Tyson and Talia. Look, both good quarterbacks. I mean, Talia is still, you know, in a power five point. He's at the Big Ten. He's at, you know, right up there with the SEC. He was in Heisman um, conversations midseason last year. He was. But <laughs> at Alabama, when he decided to transfer, let's be honest, he was never in line to become the starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide. I think the same goes for Paul Tyson. Uh, it almost seems like anybody that mentioned Paul Tyson in the same conversation as, you know, potential starting quarterback, they, they would get laughed at because it just didn't make sense. And now Paul Tyson's over at Arkansas State, and I, I'm not sure if he's going to be the starting quarterback there or Arizona not. Arizona State. But Air, he went to Arizona State? Arizona State. Paul Tyson? Yep. I thought he went to Arkansas State. It was a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. all right, well. You know, there goes my, my mind slipping. You're good. <laughs> but, you know, hey, let's, it's June. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's go a little bit further back. We talk about Jalen to Tua to Mac to Bryce, and the only blip in that was the whole Jalen to Tua power transfer yeah. at the starting quarterback position. Mac Jones waited three years before he could be the starting quarterback. He was a three-star out of Jacksonville. It almost worked out perfectly for Mac Jones because you, you're not fully expecting to ever get to that point, but you're going to work like you will. And then he finally got it. And then he had that one season where he was the starting quarterback, was a Heisman finalist, had a wide receiver that won the Heisman, you know, and had all these star players around him. It worked out beautifully. Would that have been the case with all those players, you know, around him not there, like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddell? or Najee Harris, we don't know. But the thing is, he was willing to wait that time because in the end, let's be honest, he was happy to be there. He wasn't destined to be the starting quarterback for the Crimson Tide. Now we see people like Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, and soon Eli Holstein, all probably capable of not just starting in Alabama, 
but at other Power 5 competitive programs. All right, if Mac Jones, after his sophomore season or junior season, decided, I'm going to go take my talent somewhere else and use all my eligibility actually playing, he probably would not have gone to a program at the same level as Alabama. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> He's a great quarterback. We see him now starting in the NFL. He did a wonderful job as the starter for Alabama. But before then, let's be honest, did anybody really think he was going to turn out to be the, the absolute weapon he was? In 2020, you know, we can't say the same here about Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow, and soon to be Eli Olsen. All those guys are capable of, of starting at, you know, nationally relevant competitive programs. So, yeah, I, I think I think you're going to lose one, maybe two guys, depending on the future recruiting classes uh, and how they pan out. And I mean, you point out the the transition from Jalen to, to Tua. Let's not re- let's not forget how Jalen Hurts's career started having to deal with with you know a lot of overture and trying to win the job because there was a lot of talent on the roster at that point in time as well. Nick Saban trying to find the right guy. He finally settled on it being Jalen. And then when it wasn't Jalen anymore, he quickly went to Tua as well. So uh well I say quickly. <laughs> he he went to Tua when it when it had to. Uh but you know it it's one of those things where if you think about it too much, it could stress you out, but you kind of have to just step back a little bit and say, in Nick, we trust. Uh, AJ Spur, at Spur FM on the Twitter account, site editor for Roll Tide Wire, the USA Today affiliate of the Alabama Crimson Tide here on Tide 100.9. This is Off the Edge. I'm Jacob Harrison. Matt Miller, who's it's still weird to me that Matt Miller's on ESPN. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but Matt Miller has put out a 2023 mock draft, and I think it's it's somewhat interesting uh, not everybody's a huge fan of Matt Miller, uh, but nonetheless, Will Anderson Jr. goes first overall to the New York Jets. Uh, Eli Ricks goes before either of the quarterbacks at fourth overall. Um, let's scroll down. I mean, first of all, Bryce Young falling to seventh. That that That's part of this conversation as, as well. That's a little bit low. Uh, but the, the bulk of this question is more so about the fact that here's Henry Toto, 20th overall. Um, and there's one more Jermaine Burton, 28th overall, he's got five Alabama guys sitting in the first round and it feels good to know that we're looking at a draft next year where we can feel pretty confident in five, maybe even more. I think Javion Cohen's a guy that's going to work his way in there. Byron Young is a guy that can work his way in there. You look around the roster, honestly, uh, Jordan battle is a fringe first rounder. Uh, feels pretty good to look at a mock draft and to see Alabama more than twice, you know, after the, the top 10. You know, it's funny hearing, you know, five players for Alabama in the first round. Most programs are happy with one. Alabama had two this past draft, and that was a down year for the Crimson Tide in the draft. Five right now is a great number, but it's low for me. I and I'm thinking seven. you got to remember, you, you mentioned J.B. on Cohen. I liked Jameer Gibbs oh, in yes. the first round. I have seen him go as early as, you know, mid-teens um, in, in some mock drafts. So it, it's rare to see running backs go in the first round now. They have to be exceptional talent. Jameer Gibbs is that talent. He was a star at Georgia Tech, which, albeit, is not the easiest thing to do. He's now coming to Alabama not only as a great ball carrier, but a great receiver out of the backfield which is what a lot of NFL offenses are kind of working towards. 
So I think I think we might see more Jameer Gibbs pop up in these mock drafts. Uh, Jordan Battle is somebody I've seen in some and think that there's a possibility he'll work his way into you know being a regular in these mock drafts. And Javion Cohen as well. This one is a little iffy for me purely because we see Bryce Young at number seven. You mentioned Eli Ricks at number four. Is Ricks a great talent? Yes, absolutely. Is he top five talent right now? I don't necessarily think so. I'm, I'm thinking first half of the first round, but I'm not thinking top five. Will Anderson, number one overall. You know, I'm not a gambling man. I'm not allowed to give gambling advice, but I, I may or may not have taken out a second mortgage on my house. Um, <laughs> so, you know, take that for what it is, but I, I'm definitely thinking more than five for this first round as we stand here today. Yeah, I think it's a. I think hit four of his top five make a lot of sense, and obviously the the landing spots for the teams drafting where they are kind of helps determine where he's picking at. But nonetheless, I mean, uh, Will Anderson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jalen Carter, C.J. Stroud, all being in his top five makes a lot of sense. I've got a serious issue with Bryce Young falling all the way down to seven. Now I get it, Carolina's probably not going to finish that low, but to insinuate. First of all, I, I've warned our, our listeners before, C.J. Stroud ahead of Bryce Young is a thing we're going to see all offseason. But Bryce Young, I, at some point, it's got to be recognized. He's got to be drafted higher than Tua Tungavailoa was. He is – I love Tua. We know I love Tua. He's significantly more talented than Tua. And whoever drafts him is is going to have a franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. So – to, to insinuate that he could fall as low as seven, I think is, is honestly preposterous. You mentioned too, I got to say, expect us, but, <laughs> you know, in, in front of uh, where CJ Stroud is drafted at, in this mock draft at number five to the Falcons, there are two teams here that I see as potential landing spots for quarterbacks. And that's number three, the Houston Texans, who he has taken Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. And then the number one overall taken Will Anderson, the New York Jets. Will Anderson is number one overall talent. Do not get me wrong. However, this would mean the New York Jets are content and happy with Zach Wilson staying at quarterback for another season. And I know we only had one season to work with when it comes to Zach Wilson, but you, you just got to think if he doesn't progress at all, that, that's going to be an issue that they're probably going to look elsewhere for a quarterback. So whether it's C.J. Stroud or uh, Bryce Young being the first quarterback taken off the board, you know, I could see the Jets taking quarterback and then the Houston Texans. Are they content with Davis Mills? He wasn't terrible last year. I mean, he put up similar numbers to Tua, but if you're the Texans, you, you're going to want to start building for the long term and Davis Mills doesn't necessarily seem like a guy that the franchise has bought into completely or the fans. So whether it be Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud uh, at number three here, I could see them taking one. And then when it comes to the Falcons, who, they, who he has taken C.J. Stroud, uh, they just got Marcus Mariota. Who knows if that's going to pan out well or not. It could be a, a, a one-and-done kind of situation, or maybe Mariota is, is seeking a return to relevancy in the NFL, but I, I don't really see them reaching for a quarterback this early. Uh, well, well, let's be honest. Uh, the Jets are probably not going to be picking first overall. Uh, I think they got significantly better, 
over the offseason. The Texans, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Panthers, the, depending on the Seahawks and the Panthers, depend on who gets Baker Mayfield. But those are the teams that are sitting in the top four. All right, last question for you. Mason brought this one to my attention. Uh, Tyreek Hill joining the Dolphins. We've talked about him joining the the team. Obviously, he's made a lot of noise over the past several weeks. Hell, he's getting death threats right now. I uh, wish I had time to ask you about that. But instead, Mason brought this to my attention. Jalen Waddle produced better than most rookies ever have in the NFL, and that that puts you in a conversation with guys like Randy Moss and Jerry Jerry Rice. Good on you. But going to get Tyreek, paying him all that money, is Tyreek going to interrupt Jalen Waddle's production? Or do you think it'll be the other way around? Is Jalen Waddle good enough to interrupt Tyreek Hill's production? Who's two are relying on more? Actually, first of all, if I have to pick who two is more relying on, I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle. There, there's pre-existing chemistry. Last season turned out great. I mean, Waddle himself broke a rookie receiving record uh, with the most receptions ever from a first-year player. Uh, Tyreek Hill's definitely going to have an impact on Jalen Waddle's game, and I think Jalen Waddle is going to impact Tyreek Hill's game. Uh, neither of them are going to be seen as wide receiver one superstar, uh, and Jalen Waddle hasn't had enough time to get to that level, but Tyreek Hill has. So maybe that's a label that might drop from uh, Tyreek Hill's you know, player card at the end of the season, but I really do think they're going to complement each other well. They share a lot of the same attributes. And with Mike McDaniel as a first-year head coach and offensive guru from every player that's ever worked with him, I can only, you know, try to imagine what this offensive scheme is going to look like. Because the only thing I know about it, Jacob, is that it is crazy fast. With Raheem Mostert at running back, with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, not to mention Mike Kosicki, who is pretty quick for a receiving tight end, all things considered, um, the other stars in the NFL at that position. So are their games going to be impacted? Absolutely, both of them will. But I do think long-term it's going to benefit the team that they play for. And, you know, I'm definitely not going to complain about that. AJ Spur at Spur FM on the Twitter account. Go follow him and uh, get all of the to and on sourcing that you need as well. <laughs> AJ, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk with you next week. Sounds good, boss. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. AJ Spur there. We'll take a break, and we'll come back, close down the show here on Off the Edge, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. Okay. With your Tide Sports update, I'm Mason Woods. Owen Diodotti, who announced his intention to transfer from Alabama in May, has announced he will suit up for the Oregon Ducks in 2022. Diodotti batted 242 for the Tide last season and hit eight home runs, the third most on the team. Two former Alabama softball players also announced where they will be playing next season after entering the transfer portal. Dallas Goodnight is set to join the Georgia Bulldogs, and Savannah Woodard will enroll at Liberty next season. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 sports update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Looking for something for the kids to do? Send them to the Sanderson Basketball Academy, July 11 through 14, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can email me at barrysanderson at hotmail.com. I'll send you a flyer. Let the kids learn to play the right way. Do it at the Sanderson 
Basketball Academy out at Tuscaloosa Academy. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. The best new analysis in T-Town. Hey, I got a stat for you. Off the Edge with Jacob Harrison continues on Tide 100.9. All right, that's going to do it for a Tuesday edition of Off the Edge. I'm Jacob Harrison. That's Mason Woods. Big thanks to AJ Spur, Alf, and Corey for calling in. The Jay Barker Show is up next. We want to stay up to date on everything Alabama Crimson Tide. It's on the Tide 109 app as well as Tide109.com. I'll see you all tomorrow at 11 a.m. for more Off the Edge on Tide 100.9. Your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Hello, this is Martin Houston with Awakening, and I want to invite you to join us this Thursday, June 30th at 630 for an intimate time of worship and powerful preaching. Awakening is a community-wide service with no church affiliation, just a place where you can come worship God, hear great preaching, and fellowship with fellow believers. This Thursday at the link 610 Watermelon Road or watch online at Empowerment Ministries on Facebook. Tide 100.9 presents Movies in the Park. It all happens at Government Plaza on Saturday nights for free. Bring your lawn chairs, blankets, and coolers, but no alcohol. Food trucks will be on site. All brought to you by Pepsi, Tuscaloosa Tourism and Sports, and First Baptist Church of Tuscaloosa. This Saturday, July 2nd, featuring the movie 101 Dalmatians. Lucky, lucky, get down. We can't see. I'm hungry, Mother. Cruella de Vil. She's going to make coats out of us. I worship her. For more details, and full movie lineup, swipe open the free Tuscaloosa Thread app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Very humid, the sky partially sunny this afternoon, scattered showers and storms, a possibility through the evening hours. Behind today, 87, tonight's low 70. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and thunderstorms, the high 87. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. 
Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA Grant Number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ADA, and this station. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Alabama Army National Guard. Aired by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. Thank you for listening.